0: long. I'm Grace. I'm Bridget. This is the
1: Gossier, the podcast where we're going to take you all the way to the end field.
0: The end zone is what it's called. End (laughs) zone. Yeah, I'm totally into the sports. Angels in the end field. (laughs) My favorite movie. They were wrestlers, right? Yeah. Cool. I love (laughs) hockey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with our first segment our first segment as always is called you have to tell me and that's where Bridget and I bring in our own gossip and we tell each other about it so I guess we kind of have to start with Bridget you have to tell me how Brittany was granted the right to her own attorney yes
1: Sam Ingham who we've talked about who was in last week's special episode he has been sort of a bit of a trash bag.
0: That was very delicately put.
1: (laughs) He resigned. I have seen gossip columnists speculate that it might be some of the stuff that's going to come out, especially like in the Netflix doc. But I mean, who knows? At the end of the day, this movement is gaining a lot of traction. So something was going to. Something was going to
0: happen. And honestly, if I'm a Sam Ingham. Yeah, I'm going to back down right now. Now's the time to get out. Well, you still can. You had a fun ride. Let's it's it's time to go. I think he's making the right call. Yes, it's Only going to get worse for him if he sticks around because people already hate him.
1: Yes. I bet he's gotten some nasty, weird death threat stuff. Yeah. So our new lawyer is Matthew Rosengart, and he was the assistant to the U.S. Department of Justice from 1992 to 2000. He's been on tons of lists that list him as one of the top attorneys in the united states and he's represented other celebrities um including ben affleck and sean penn and in the sean penn case it was over allegations against lee daniels saying that he hit madonna when he was married to her and so he got an affidavit from madonna It was like stop publishing this stop saying this so he's a really great attorney and it's I feel like it's super exciting. And her Instagrams, are you looking at them?
0: Yeah, she's back on Instagram. She has control of her Instagram. I'm sure most people have seen this if you're following the Britney Spears thing. But she got on Instagram and immediately it was like, my family's trash. And people were like, that's you, Jamie. I was like, we got her. We got Jamie Lynn. Yeah, she's shut off all of her
1: notifications. But it's really like, I think it might be her mother. Because her mom's the one that's Like her sister, yeah, her sister's been a shithead doing remixes of her songs instead of Britney doing them. But in a way, her sister's just kind of like a victim to the same system that Britney grew up in. But her mom is the one. It's just so trashy because it's just like, just fucking stop. Just stop. They're all
0: shitty in different ways. Yeah. And I do think that Jamie Lynn probably has a little bit more excuse to be shitty. But also, you're still being shitty. You're still being shitty, bitch. Sorry, Jamie Lynn. My office Mm. is right across the street from the courtroom where all the free Britney stuff is happening. So I can see from my office all the free Britney protesters.
1: And you are now going back into the office.
0: But yeah, now I'm back in the office. So I'm in the hustle and bustle of the city.
1: If that's the case, you are our eyes and ears. I know you're our on scene reporter. I know
0: (laughs) the on ground guy. If I see anything, I'll let you know. It was a huge, huge group on Wednesday. It was a huge crowd and it only got bigger. They had like signs, but they also had like a step and repeat, which was kind uh, of incredibly shamanistic of them. Showmanistic's is not a word, but you all get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I have been seeing that they have life-size
0: Britney's at this. Well, and someone told me that she's been there in the past. But she I don't she wasn't there on Wednesday, I don't think. And I mean, if she was there, she would not be coming in the front door. She's Britney Spears.
1: Grace, you have to tell me. Bachelorette Katie tells her suitors not to masturbate. Excuse me.
0: This is something that happened on the recent season of The Bachelorette. So Katie is her whole thing is that she's like the sex positive bachelorette. When she did her. Entrance on Matt James's season, she brought in a vibrator. She's advocating for sex positivity, which not many bachelorettes have done. And the last time we had a sex positive bachelorette, she was pretty widely shamed. Oh, like
1: people were like, "Oh, She's a slut because she was just like, I like sex.
0: Yeah. Well, our last sex positive bachelorette was Caitlin Bristow, who there was a guy that she had a good connection with, and she famously had sex with him before the fantasy suites. And it was like she was bullied online for years and she didn't even get engaged to that guy. And the guy she did get engaged to, she's now broken up with. But they were together for like three years. And she's implied in the past that he never forgave her for sleeping with the guy before the fantasy suites. And that was part of why they broke up. That's bananas. Who cares? I know. Right. If you're the lead, the whole point is to figure out who you want to marry. And sorry, but sex is part of that. And, you know, those guys do where the hell they want. Yeah. And I mean, there is like this Christian audience of The Bachelor. So you have to see that's where it's coming from. So obviously they're leaning toward the sex positivity thing. Recently, we had Hannah Brown, who was a Christian, but had had sex. And one of her guys was like, if you had sex with any of the guys in the fantasy suite, like I don't want to marry you because like, I think you're a skank. And she famously said, I have had sex and Jesus still loves me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've said that before. Love Hannah Brown. But Katie is her most recent bachelorette. She is known for being sex positive, and she's always also spoken out against sexual assault. She's said she's a survivor of sexual assault. So she's 100% sex positive. But last week, I don't know whose idea this was. I doubt it was hers. I bet it was a producer's, but she's very media trained. She does her best to sell it. (laughs) She does. Yeah, you could tell. (laughs) She goes in and tells the guys. Well, no, she doesn't even tell the guys. So she sits down with the hosts of the show and she was like, I think it would be fun if we told the boys they can't masturbate for a week. So just to mess with them. Yeah. And the way she was talking about it was very like personally charged. Like she's like, it's a compliment to me that they're masturbating. It's like, first of all, that's not how masturbation works. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, what I don't want to make assumptions, but they could be thinking about anything when they're masturbating. I mean, that's
1: the best part about masturbating is that you can literally be like, oh, is this turning me on? And that's fun because you don't have to share that with another person. That's yeah. Like, you get to be your own pervert for yourself. And that's so, why masturbation is one of the best things ever.
0: I know. And so the narrative is like that somehow masturbation is inherently connected to their attraction to her. So she's like, oh, I want them to not masturbate for a week. So she sends in one of the hosts of the show. Ironically enough, Miss Caitlin Bristow or a sex positive bachelorette who's hosting the show now goes in and she's like, Katie wants to give you guys a challenge. And they called it and I hate saying this because it's cringy, but they called it whoa, whoa, which is week off whacking off. Okay. And she's like, so don't masturbate for a week, and all the guys are like, okay. It's like you can't stop me.
1: I almost wonder if there's like a subtext to this that is specific to the show. Like maybe they know during the interview process that like one of these guys just like can't keep his hands off his dick or something. And so well, it's just like,
0: uh, oh, there's one okay. guy, his name is Blake. <laughs> he was on the last season of The Bachelorette, and he was known on his season for always talking about sex. And they had a date that season where it was like an arts and crafts date. And everyone else, you know, painted like a heart or a puzzle. He made a clay sculpture of a dick. This is a grown man. Oh, boy. So, of course, every time they talk to him about it, he's like, it's going to be hard for me not to masturbate for a week. And they ask all the guys, like, who's going to have the hardest time not masturbating for a week? And they're all like, Blake. It's like, Jesus. This is like a dumb gag. Well, it feels very like trying so hard to be sex positive that it's actually sex shaming.
1: And it's also creating false like narratives about like masturbation. So like these this Christian audience, whoever's held on
0: because, whichever Christian audience is still watching.
1: Yeah. And they hear this. They're it's just going to confuse them more about masturbation. masturbation's really. Yeah. About. And
0: it's this weird power dynamic. I feel like if someone was like, you guys have to take a week off masturbating. I'd be like, mm, you actually can't tell me what to do.
1: Yeah. Are you going to start p- filming me in the like, shower? Yeah.
0: What are there going to be cameras? I like and there's there's no actual like accountability. There's no prize. Like, it feels like they only did this because they didn't have enough going on in the season and they needed to fill air time. Bridget, you have to tell me about how the moon is wobbly. Okay,
1: this is science guys. I got some science guys this week because, you know. I contain multitudes. I can read. So (laughs) NASA and scientists are saying that there's going to be an increase in coastal flooding by the mid-2030s because of the moon's rotation around Earth has been wobbly. And they first noticed this like in 1782. If you don't know this, the moon affects the gravitational pull of the tides and water. So because of this wobbliness, they're saying there's going to be more flooding, which is also messed up because we're also dealing with climate change flooding. Mm -hmm. So my new life goal has been, how do I move out of L.A. before
0: the 2030s?
1: What's my next city? Where am I
0: safe? In the direct middle of the country. No water. No
1: water. I've been pushing for... New Mexico.
0: New Mexico is nice. I know people who live in New Mexico who like it. So they still have like you still got the desert. You still got like the spooky vibes and there's a lot of creative people. I, I like that. I think that's fun. You could move to um move to Las Vegas, baby. Are you going
1: to stay on the coast? What are you going to do?
0: Probably. I mean, if, if coastal flooding keeps up soon enough, my permanent Glendale is going to be beachfront.
1: Yeah, but eventually it's going to be Underwater. Well, then I'll move. And you'll be living with Ariel.
0: That's not bad to me. I would love to live with Ariel. She's a prima donna, though. That's what people don't talk about. I don't have to be your friend. And also, you know, not to nitpick your joke, but Ariel's a human now. She lives on land. I'm really living with Ariel's sisters.
1: Okay, you got to tell me it's a tacky to eat free bread at a restaurant. This is a big thing on Twitter.
0: Well, it was like, Last week,
1: OK, I thought maybe you just really like eating free bread and you felt shamed. But
0: this one on Twitter at Slick Sister, posted a poll. Okay, She said, had this argument in a group chat, but I want to know the truth. Isn't it very tacky for somebody to eat the free bread as soon as you get it? And what would you answer? Yes or no? Hell no. Good. You agree with 97% of people who took this poll. This woman got absolutely flamed for saying it was tacky. Good, good. And so then once she saw the poll was turning against her, she said, you should wait five minutes before reaching for the bread. If you that hungry, you should have had a pregame meal. And then people continued to flame her for it. And then she doubled down. And this is the statement she released. She released a statement. She released a full ass statement. It looks like a Notes app statement. And she said, Good morning. After witnessing the outpour of responses to my question and having the ability to sleep on it, I have gained a new perspective on why the backlash was received. People cannot help being tacky, it is generational. I know this now. I never knew an opinion on waiting five minutes to eat bread would lead to people cussing me out. But what else to expect from tacky people? The essentials weren't taught. To my 3%, thank you for riding so hard against the tackiness. We understand that restaurants are for socializing. Fast food are for eating ASAP. And so you have to love. She didn't back down. She said you guys are tacky.
1: What is her? What does she do? That kind of statement, that's how you get doxed. I'm not saying anyone really deserves to get doxed, but I need to know what you do, how you make money, where you live. Because when I pick a restaurant with bread on the table, it's usually because it's like, I want to eat right now. And I don't want to like, have to think about what I'm going to eat. So hungry. It's like, give me this Give me the treat now. It's and supposed then to
0: something. hold you over while yeah. you get ready for your other food. I agree. I don't think it's tacky. I'll eat the bread right away. But I just love that she doubled down. She didn't back down. She said, no, it is tacky. And you know what? Tackiness is generational. She did it in a
1: very backhanded way where even when she started out her statement, she's like, oh, I was able to sleep on it. I was like, oh, okay. So maybe she was like, And it doesn't matter. It was a dumb poll. And instead, she called out 97% of people for being tacky.
0: Based on her own
1: opinion. I disagree. I could write a book about etiquette. I've worked in hospitality
0: long enough. There are way tackier things to do at a restaurant. It's like you can socialize and eat bread at the same time. I do it every day. I overcome all odds. And I eat bread and I socialize. (laughs) Bridget, you have to tell me about how Nicolas Cage lost his pig. I didn't know he had a pig. So Nicolas Cage is in this new movie. What movie is it?
1: I think it's just called Pig.
0: Because the most recent thing I learned about Nicolas Cage was that they canceled the Joe Exotic movie because it's, quote, no longer relevant. Yeah, you're telling me.
1: Oh, yeah, I heard that, too. But I I think the other one is going to go forward and it's casted.
0: Oh, yeah, because it's Kate McKinnon. Or is that the other one? Oh, it's David Spade and Kate McKinnon.
1: Wait, is it David Spade?
0: I think so, because I think David Spade and Nicolas Cage were the two they got for two different projects. And if the Nicolas Cage one is done.
1: Oh, because I thought it was the guy from
0: Shrill, but I can't think of his name. It's John Cameron Mitchell. Yeah, he looks like he'd be a great so excited. I'm excited to see him. He's fun. He's so fun. Uh, he's underrated. Anyway, back to Nicolas Cage and his pig. So back to the pig. So do you want to watch? Um, trailer? yeah all right so for our audience listening, here's a little snippet of the trailer. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone's stole. Her. I don't understand.
1: Tell me you are.
0: You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig.
1: What are you thinking? I remember every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. to really care about who has my pig okay i am excited i'm so excited for this
0: well okay so so the gist is he has a truffle pig he loses it and he goes on the hunt for it featuring the wonderful acting stylings of alex wolf who i'm in love with oh really i love alex wolf do you not um, love Alex Wolf? Do you not have an opinion on Alex Wolfe? I guess I don't really have a strong opinion. Seen Hereditary? Seen My Friend Dahmer? Are you going to see old? I don't think I saw Dahmer. It was
1: OK. Guess what the Rotten Tomato scores of this movie?
0: Ninety eight. Ninety seven. <laughs> really to I'm not going to bullshit you. That movie looks good. I know it's funny. It looks good. I would not be surprised if Nicolas Cage wins an Oscar for that. The pig is cute pig kind of steals some of the scenes great casting for the pig get me that pig's agent's number i wonder if that's a real truffle pig
1: and they had to like plant truffles around the set
0: oh that's a good question i feel like it might be just a normal pig and they like wrapped up like whatever pigs eat and buried it what do pigs eat mud sure (laughs) and it's probably
1: also like a olsen twin situation like there's probably multiple pigs (laughs)
0: Or it could be a bruiser in legally one situation. And there's only one pig, And he just is a great he's just a consummate professional.
1: I mean, I didn't hear any gossip about the pig's behavior on
0: set. Well, it seems like the pig's not in most of the movie. It feels like he only had to do a couple scenes.
1: That's true. That's because he's missing famously <laughs> Lucky for that pig. He didn't have to clock in a lot. Yeah. Probably still got paid well because it's called pig.
0: Yeah, the pig just hung out in his trailer. His <laughs> agent was like, you can't call it pig if you don't give my client double the rate. <laughs> and the pig's got sunglasses on. He's on his Blackberry it
1: has a iced coffee.
0: <laughs> and he's like, oink, oink,
1: oink, oink, bitch, pay up. You have to tell me, Grace, the new Gossip Girl is good.
0: The new Gossip Girl is good. Listen, I watched the old Gossip Girl, so I have managed expectations. There are some people who are like, um, it's a little campy. Yeah, it's called Gossip Girl. Wake up. You know, the old Gossip Girl, the whole thing about it was that it was about rich people just kind of fucking around. And the same creator is back to do this new one, this reboot. And it's all new characters. They reference some of the characters from the original. So you know that it's in the same world. It's in the same school. It's just years after everything happened. And if you haven't seen the original Gossip Girl, here comes some spoilers. Gossip Girl is about basically this like anonymous presence that reports on the lives of like these elite teenagers. And so in the original, it was really about her, you know, exposing secrets of this one particular rich privileged group of friends. As the show went on, they introduced this idea that the people who were being talked about would want to know who Gossip Girl is. Apparently, that was something that I don't know if it was what the fans wanted or what the team, what the writers thought they had to do. But around season five, they start like investigating who Gossip Girl is. But because they haven't been planning it since the beginning, they have to like reverse engineer a Gossip Girl who makes sense in the storyline. Now, there were a lot of fans of the show enough fans were able to reverse engineer in the same way. And they kept guessing who they made Gossip Girl. So they kept changing it until eventually they landed on someone who made absolutely no sense. That's why no one guessed it. So it's kind of made fun of for that. So what they do in this new one that I think is really interesting is, number one, they tell us who Gossip Girl is right away. Oh, and they give us a very Interesting justification for why this person is a girl. So I'm going to give you spoilers because we hear this all in the pilot, so it doesn't spoil the whole show for you. Okay. Tavi Jevonson, who is kind of a New York actor was announced to be in Gossip Girl. And everyone's like, she's too old to be a teenager, but too young to be a parent. So what I mean, exactly she's is her role?
1: 27 in real yeah. life, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So everyone's like, neither role makes sense for her. So what the fuck? And the whole thing about the new Gossip Girl is that it was very under wraps. with the plot, what the characters would be. They didn't really tell anyone. So what it is, is that Tavi Jevonson and there's a group of other actors, including notable Broadway hotties, Adam Chandler Barat and, J- and Jason Gauthier, who are teachers at the school and the teachers at this school often get fired because they'll tell the students to turn in their homework and the students will be like, "Mm, no, I don't have to. And then they get their parents to fire them. So basically the teachers are like being bullied by these teenagers. Oh, I love it. And so there's a teacher who they basically say like, oh, well, I went to high school here the same time as Nate Archibald, who's one of the characters from the original show. And she's like, we didn't cause trouble because of Gossip Girl. And so she tells them about Gossip Girl and Tavi Jevonson and all these teachers become Gossip Girl. The creator has said he's going to make the characters wrestle with their privilege in a new way. TBD, how that manifests. There's one character who canonically is the richest of all of them, and he like protests against his dad's like company, whatever, but his dad still pays his bills. So it's like, okay, that's going to become a sticking point with you and your poor girlfriend eventually.
1: Like Veronica from Riverdale?
0: Sort of, but a little more grounded than Riverdale.
1: I'm excited. How many episodes are we in here?
0: There's only two out right now. That's coming out weekly. And what day? Thursdays. I mean, it is what it is. Gossip Girl is inherently a fun, dumb show where you get to see rich people, like, kind of fuck their lives up. I enjoy that.
1: Oh, no. That's why I'm a succession head. And it's like, when is this coming
0: out? Succession is like if Gossip Girl were boring. Succession's not boring. I'm going to get bullied for that in the comments. I know. I know this. I know. I've seen some of succession. It's fine. But let's face it. It's not Gossip Girl.
1: You have to okay.
0: start at
1: episode six, season one. The first five episodes, too long, too much. This
0: is my soapbox. I shouldn't have to watch six episodes for a show to get good. I don't have time.
1: That's so true of so many shows. So many shows are like that. And yet
0: Gossip Girl was good on episode one.
1: Because there's only two things you're looking for. Sexy trash.
0: There's only two things I'm looking for on Succession. Interesting, and that's actually all I'm looking for.
1: You don't even know about bore on the floor. Or, I don't. Or hyper decanting, and you won't because... Yeah, I won't. Because I'm refuse. too busy.
0: <laughs> I'm too busy watching Gossip Girl. <laughs> that's not going to be my narrative, that I watch a boring show about business people.
1: Not even... No, it's like watching the Trumps.
0: Or the I Murdoch. don't want to watch Murdochs. the Trumps. You're watching the Murdochs. You're watching the I Murdochs. I don't want to watch the Murdochs let's move on to our next segment which is biden bites the segment where we bully biden because we can first biden bite of the day joe biden officially nominated eric garcetti as ambassador to india even though we bullied him he didn't listen joe biden loves eric garcetti so much you know he wanted to put him on his cabinet And we all said, don't fucking do that, you dumbass idiot. And he said, "Okay, message received, message received. And then he said, ambassador to India. And we said, don't fucking do that, you dumbass idiot. And he said, I don't care. So now Eric Garcetti is getting on the first plane to India and leaving L.A. in the lurch.
1: Now, isn't I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but isn't Eric Garcetti generational wealth? I have no idea. I think he might be. And I think he's one of those guys who basically was born and bred for being the mayor and having a long, boring political career. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that's what I've
0: heard. I feel like if there were a politician that didn't come from generational wealth, it would be more of a news story. So I feel like if I haven't heard otherwise, I assume that about Eric Garcetti.
1: Yeah, he was the first elected Jewish mayor. And it's Second consecutive Mexican American mayor, and he is the youngest mayor in over a hundred years. So he was raised in Encino. Ooh la la. His it must be his dad was a former Los Angeles County District Attorney. So this oh. is like in his like his birthright. Like we are political climbers in this family. <laughs>
0: You think Eric Grassetti is ever going to run for president
1: No. I mean, it'd be kind of unheard of. I could be wrong. But to go from being India's ambassador to president. But
0: well, maybe there's a number. Of, I mean, like there's there could be a number of steps along the way, like someday. Do you think that's his long term goal that he like then takes this and parlays it into a senator position? And then what's interesting
1: about being mayor of India Mayor of India? Mayor of India. That's what his job is. (laughs) But being the ambassador to India. Is India's having like this very, I don't know. I don't know how true this is, but this is what I've heard from loud people, which is India's politics are becoming very interesting to us because it's kind of like a new China in a way where there's a lot of industry going on there, a lot of tech industry. And India, for a long time, it was under the British Empire. And now it's becoming like a very of its own nation. And it's one of the most populated places. So I think there's a lot going on there that if you did become the ambassador of India and you created some very interesting political relationships, then yes, there may be money in shifting your career to becoming president of the United States. Okay. But I think that's a really hard turn to make, considering that as we are dealing with climate change, people are looking for a way more progressive leader.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't think he's there. And I think that that's going to kind of haunt him a bit. And the way all the things that happened in LA with homelessness, the Olympics, the cops like I don't I don't think you're going to win the nation.
0: Yeah, He's not exactly a beloved figure. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of beloved figures, Olivia Rodrigo visited the White House basically to advocate for younger people getting vaccinated. And, you know, say what you will about Joe and Kamala, but they will milk every photo opportunity they take and they do it well. They took a bunch of pictures with Olivia, posted them. They're really trying to get the young crowd. Olivia looked incredible. This is a great move for her career. Oh, yeah.
1: She's like in company with like um Lady Gaga. At I know this point. to be
0: like it is a good move all around. Her team never sleeps. So she went and basically gave a speech that was basically like young people should get vaccinated, and everyone's like, cool, cool, cool. And Joe Biden and Kamala milked every photo opportunity you could. And I love that for them.
1: His picture next to Olivia, you could tell he's just wearing like caked on. Makeup.
0: Yeah, every president wears makeup.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, you know why?
0: Because it makes them look better.
1: So like back when JFK was running for president and he had debates against Nixon, JFK wore makeup because it was a
0: televised. Yeah, I think it was the first televised debate. Yeah.
1: And Nixon just was like a sweaty hog under those lights and looked terrible. And people turned
0: the election against him.
1: So then presidents were like, All right, put the shit on my face.
0: And you know what? You should. You look better with makeup on. But good for Joe and Kamala. I'm glad they got their photo ops in. And good for Olivia. This is only going to help her grow her base. I mean, you got to love Olivia's team is pandering to elder millennials, and it's working. We continue to stand Olivia Rodrigo. And now for today's main topic, we are going to talk about spotting celebs which I was inspired by this because we live in LA and I was talking recently to people who weren't from LA and we were just all sharing our celebrity spotting stories. And it's just a fun thing to talk about.
1: You've probably been seeing celebrities from a young age though, because you're like from Palm Springs. So
0: yeah, but I never, I mean, If I saw celebrities in Palm Springs, it was like I didn't just run into a celebrity on the street. It was like there was a film festival and the celebrities were there and I went looking to see someone, but I didn't get close enough to meet them. Oh, but that's still like
1: more than, say, someone from Iowa.
0: It's not as serendipitous, but it is still we saw Brad and Angelina that way. We saw Sandra Bullock that way. Sandra Bullock is one of those people that has just charm and presence. So I have always remembered her as just truly beautiful. She was wearing this gorgeous orange and pink dress. And it was, I think, when The Blind Side came out when she was doing that. But Sandra Bullock was like, she's one of those people that you look at and you're like, oh, I see why she's a celebrity. And Angelina Jolie is also the same way. It's like, I see why you're famous.
1: Yeah. My early celebrity spotting was like Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold because they came to an event in Iowa because- Tom Arnold's from Atoma, Iowa, which is 20 minutes from my hometown.
0: I don't know who Tom Arnold is.
1: You don't know who Tom Arnold is? No. You are fucking kidding me.
0: I'm not kidding. Who's Tom Arnold? Tom
1: Arnold was like the biggest celebrity for kids in the 90s. He did all these goofy movies like The Stupids.
0: I don't know that movie.
1: I cannot believe how old I am and how
0: how young I am.
1: How much you've missed out on what's out there. I don't think I missed out on anything. You got to watch The Stupids. I mean, you call yourself a comedian. You've never seen The Stupids?
0: I don't mean to be mean, but with a name like The Stupids, I'm not excited to watch it.
1: No, it was classic kid movie of all time where like the whole family's just like stupid and you're like, okay, I get it. But then somehow they made it into an hour and a half movie (laughs) that is quintessential 90s.
0: People come came to Palm Springs all the time, but they would all stay at the same hotels. And wherever celebrities stay, like it's, you know, not easy for like a high schooler to wander in. A lot of celebrities stay at the Parker in Palm Springs. So I've heard I know Justin Bieber has stayed there, but I've never gotten anywhere close to seeing him.
1: Oh, That's a good hot tip.
0: I know it's a good hot tip. My most famous Palm Springs story, and it's not even a big celebrity, but it's just a funny story. Renee Alway, who you wouldn't know her name, but she was the second runner up on cycle eight of America's Next Hot Model. She robbed my house. What? How? Why? How? Well, so she broke in. We think the door was unlocked. She took my mom's purse, some jewelry, and a sword from my dad wait why does your dad have a sword it was like a family heirloom and i don't know why she took it probably because it was cool i'm i kind of love that for her she didn't come into my room as far as i know we were home when it happened but none of my stuff got stolen because the way my room was set up it was kind of like off to a side that you it didn't look like a room was over there so she didn't come in she just went to the main area and so she stole like my mom's wallet and purse and some little things and the sword we called the cops and they told us that, like, yeah, this woman's been like hitting a couple houses. We're already looking for her. And he's like, actually, you might even know who she is. She was on America's Next Top Model. And I am a deep, deep America's Next Top Model fan with like an encyclopedic knowledge. So yeah. I assumed that it would be someone who like went home first or was kind of a small character. She was. The second runner-up on Cycle 8. And he was like Renee Allway. And it goes, I was like, oh, my God, I know exactly who she is. I didn't like her on her season. I wasn't a fan of her. And now I'm less of a fan of her. But I will say, despite myself, I was a little starstruck that she broke into my house.
1: Wow. What year was that, that she was on Top Model? On Top
0: Model? Probably 2009 Was she was on Top Model. Something around then. And then wow. she broke into our house like 2012 or 2013.
1: It looks like she... She was arrested after a six-hour standoff with the police in Palm Springs. Yeah. In June of 2013.
0: Because she had, like, holed up in someone's, like, winter vacation home garage that was vacant.
1: Oh, wow. And it
0: was summertime, so no one was going to be there for months. So she she was just staying there. And then the police, police found her, and she had a standoff.
1: Okay, did your dad get his sword back? No. That's bullshit.
0: I know. Well, my mom was really upset because the purse that she got stolen was also, like, a purse that she got in Paris that was like one of a kind. So there was no replacing it like you can replace your cards. You can replace a wallet. But she's like, I really wanted that purse back, but we didn't get it.
1: My other small town celebrity is Jesse Ventura.
0: Who's Jesse Ventura?
1: You don't know. Why do you not know any of these people? I'm famously young. Okay, but Jesse Ventura, come on. He's having a he's having a second wind here. Okay,
0: what's he doing? Name one movie I would know him from. He
1: was a wrestler, a WWE
0: wrestler. And that's why I wouldn't know him.
1: Then he became the governor of Minnesota. And now he is advocating a lot of progressive politics. So people were hoping that he was going to actually put a bid in to run for president. He's one of those no bullshit guys that was a mild celebrity and then got into politics. And just a very interesting dude. But, Huh.
0: Well, I don't know him. But to be fair, you didn't know Renee Allway until you Googled her. We all have our different expertises.
1: Well, and that's why I was like, well, if you're going to talk Renee Allway, but I mean, Jesse Ventura didn't rob my house. I just saw him on the campaign trail in Minnesota and shook his hand. And then he looked annoyed that like he didn't want to be there, which is funny because I've heard I have heard a lot of people who met Jesse Ventura think he's like super nice. And I'm like, I didn't think he was that nice that day.
0: (laughs) Everyone has their moods. Yeah, true. I mean, they're human. Yeah. And then for a long time, I worked at a coffee shop in Hancock Park in L.A. And that is Celebrity Central. A lot of celebrities live in that neighborhood. So I saw a ton of celebrities when I worked there. Ike Barinholtz of the Mindy Project fame came in all the time with his kids and he would always come in like right when we opened, leave a huge tip they were like dairy free. So we, he wanted us to cook the eggs in oil instead of butter. But he always left a huge tip and was super nice to us. So I'm like, I don't care. I'll do anything for you. That's great. Max Greenfield would come in from time to time. He, he was Schmidt on New Girl. He was good friends with the manager. So he wouldn't really look me in the eye. And then we also got a ton of random celebrities that were coming in the afternoon. Mindy Kaling would come in from time to time. She ordered the Yucatan Bowl and she was very nice. But the best celebrities who came in these are my heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. Number one, Sean White came in. And I wasn't sure if it was him or not. And my trick when I saw a celebrity and I didn't know if it was them or not, was I would look at their credit card to see if their name, because that's just the easiest way to verify. He paid with his mother's credit card. Hilarious. Incredible stuff. It's funny. as like you can Google his mom. Yeah, I Googled Sean White's mom's name. Why is he paying with his mom's credit? Card? I don't know. And he was there alone. He wasn't with his mom. Yeah, but his
1: mom must be, like, his money manager.
0: I honestly don't know. There's a number There's a number of reasons, and I like Sean White, so I I'm assuming that, like, maybe he lost his card, whatever. But I just thought it was a funny little tidbit.
1: I think when he was, like, a kid, and he yeah. was, like, doing interviews and stuff, his mom, if I'm remembering correctly, his mom was, like, always there. So I think...
0: Well, that makes sense. He was young and famous.
1: I think they do have a famously close relationship. I mean, yeah, I'm sure she's, like... Kind of his
0: momager for sports. Yeah. Or at least started that way. Uh, Nico Santos came in from Superstore with his boyfriend. And I didn't want Nico Santos to feel like I was like starstruck for him. So I was also like, I was really conversing with his boyfriend to be like, oh, I don't know who anyone is. I'm very nice. I'm very professional. I found out later, Nico Santos's boyfriend, his name is Zeke. He is a very popular Survivor player. And now I'm a huge fan of him because now I've watched Survivor. But at the time, I didn't know.
1: Oh, that happened to me once. But it happened with Matt Damon. Oh. I worked at a restaurant and Matt Damon came in. And I'm like bringing him wine and bringing him dishes. And I'm just like, man, this guy is so nice and he's like smiling while I'm talking and it was Valentine's Day it was either Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day weekend but it was definitely that when everybody was going out I just was like man do I I feel like I know this guy from somewhere but like nothing's ringing a bell I'm just like he looks familiar he's super nice I actually was feeling really good about it and then I saw I think it must have been the reservation or receipt and I was like oh that was Matt Damon and I'm like going on with my coworkers, like, that was Matt Damon? And they were like, yeah, dummy. And I'm like,
0: no idea. I just kept thinking, this guy's so freaking nice. That's amazing. One time, Zac Efron came for lunch at a restaurant I worked at, but it was a shift I got covered for me. So I didn't get to see him. I was so upset. Yeah, you were supposed to be that waitress. That could have been me when he dated that 25-year-old waitress. If I only had the chance to bring him his egg rolls. But my other two, my top two celebrity encounters from when I worked at this cafe in Hancock Park, Usher came in and he ordered a croque madame. Nice. And that's my favorite thing about him. He was so nice. I mean, he's Usher. He knows that everyone knows who he is. He knows that he's not hiding. And he was just being friendly and he turned on the charm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with you.
1: It's crazy that I guess
0: Usher is still A-list. Yeah. The thing about Usher is that if he's walking down the street, everyone recognizes him. Yeah, it's hard for him to fly under the radar. So he walked in no hat, no sunglasses. He was ready to party.
1: That's nice. Did he try to pay you an Usher
0: bucks? No, if only (laughs) I would have taken it. This is I wasn't going to add this story, but I just remembered it as I was talking about Usher. Joel McHale came in once and he asked if he could order chicken tortilla soup by the gallon. Whoa. Because they loved the chicken tortilla soup, but he was so tall. And then oh, when I yeah. said, no, you can't buy it by the gallon, but I can give you a bunch of cups, he said, OK. And then he left
1: and he didn't buy any. He didn't buy any. He must be like trying to cater something stupid. Well, or... I
0: think his wife really liked the chicken tortilla soup and was like sick and he didn't want to go back and forth.
1: Oh, that's is how he explained. Is it he married?
0: Me. Yeah, I didn't know he was married. he's a long time married. He's got like uh, kids that are like teenagers whoa time flies when you're having fun tell me about it but my number one favorite celebrity story is that one time lana del rey came in and she looked like lana del rey but i was like but she was wearing like a plain t-shirt and jeans and she wasn't like acting very cool so i was like that can't really be lana del rey and then she was just like can i just have a matcha latte and i was like yeah sure and since it was a drink i was like can i get a name for the drink so we'll call it out when it's ready she said lana she fully said lana and i was like okay Weird, but not that weird. And then I looked at her credit card and I was like, I don't know what Lana Del Rey's real name is, but I can do some Googling on my break. Oh, yeah. Her credit card said Lana Del Rey. That's hilarious. I was like, oh, okay. So she just ordered a matcha latte and then left. That was it.
1: That was your whole Lana experience. Yeah. We made a drink for Veronica from Riverdale. Cami Mendez. She was friends with this girl who was a regular Sure. I have no idea what she did, but she was always talking industry shop. I got the feeling that she was a nepotism case because she would also talk about stuff her brother was doing. And I was like, OK, I feel like you probably just like work with or for your brother. But she was also friends with Cami Mendez. And I was on one because both of them ordered their drink was the almond milk latte iced with the slightest hint of vanilla. I was talking to my coworker about how bad almond milk is (laughs) and how we really should all be drinking oat milk. And while I'm going on about this, she thought I was like addressing her. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, oh no, not you. I'm just explaining to this guy why oat milk's awesome.
0: (laughs) Is to be like the person who's photographed in the background of a paparazzi photo. And everyone's like, who's that? Why does she always get to go to dinner with them? That's my dream life.
1: Yes, yes. I've Just had, being the friend of celebrities. I've had those dreams, like literally, like when I was in high school and Paris Hilton was cool, I distinctly having, remember having a dream where I was on her yacht with her and my whole job was just to like be part of the entourage. And I was like, this is, this is where you want to be because you don't have to deal with fame. But whatever you're doing, you're probably making money yeah. and your friends are celebrities. And that's like,
0: but I can still go to the grocery store without being bothered.
1: Exactly. Or judged.
0: Or I can go to a coffee shop and not have someone talk about on their podcast what I ordered. Exactly. Sorry, Usher. Sorry, Cami. I did also see I saw a former bachelor. I'm surprised you weren't like I've seen several former bachelors. I don't see them a lot because they make it their business to not run into Bachelor fans as much as possible because a lot of them don't really want to take photos. Except for Matt, James, and Rachel. Jesus. They want fame. They want to prove that they're like happy together even though she, even though they had their scandal. So they want to be photographed. But I saw Nick Vile, who famously, this is a little Bachelor history lesson. We'll keep it brief. Nick Vile was the runner up on two different Bachelorette seasons. Oh. And then he went on the on Bachelor in Paradise, didn't find love. And then he was The Bachelor, got engaged, and then they broke up, and now he's dating an Instagram model. And on top of that, he's now saying that this whole time we've been calling him Nick Vile. Now all of a sudden he's saying his last name is pronounced Vial. But his podcast is called The Vial Files. So you're telling me it's The Vial Files? No. Oh, sweetie. But anyway, so Nick Vile is Whatever. I don't start to be the nicest thing in the world to me. But famously on his season, he had a date at a roller rink. And so we were at the roller rink one time, me and some friends at Moonlight Rollerway in Glendale. And Nick Vial was there skating. And we tried to say hi to him because I'm sorry, if you're on The Bachelor, like there's a certain level of celebrity. I'm not going to approach you. You don't want to see me. But if you're on The Bachelor, you're telling me you don't want to be approached. You did it for fame, King. Yeah. And he didn't he would not talk to us. He got mad at us too because one of my friends filmed him. Oh, nice. He was not very nice to us at all. That's a bummer. I actually hung
1: out with Jamie Kennedy on his birthday.
0: Oh, of of scream fame. I, I was about to ask who Jamie Kennedy is, but I know Jamie Kennedy.
1: I tried a weird do a weird flex once when I was in back home visiting. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing comedy now. Like, ran into some people I went to high school with, they're like, oh, like who? Like, what comedians? And I was like, Jamie Kennedy. And they were all like, who? And I was like, I know this group of table saw Malibu's most wanted. Like, these are what, this, the these audience. people is the target audience. And you're going to tell me you've forgotten Jamie Kennedy, which is exactly like them to forget a celebrity that they were probably fans of. Well, I but think it's he, just...
0: he has a weird name because he doesn't look like his name is Jamie Kennedy. And he doesn't have a particularly memorable face. No offense to Jamie Kennedy. This might be mean, but to me, Jamie Kennedy is like the poor man's Seth Green. Oh, yes, no. And Seth Green just happened to get more famous. So unfortunately for Jamie Kennedy, I only have room for one guy in my head that looks like that. I actually love Seth Green. I,
1: I think Seth Green's great. I haven't heard anything bad come out about him. I like the stuff he produces. He's funny. But with Jamie Kennedy. So he was doing comedy at a comedy club there that I worked at. And then afterwards, we went to this bar. And it was super bizarre because all we did the whole night was really just like drink and talk like you would with your coworkers. And Jamie Kennedy was in the corner playing Justin Bieber on repeat.
0: I'm obsessed with that.
1: So as Grace and I were listing some of the celebrities that we've encountered.
0: And it should be noted, we have listed only the ones we've actually seen. Anyone who is tangential, like Seth Green, we didn't put on this list because we haven't seen him, much as I would love to. So we're going
1: to guess how well we know these celebrities, which we don't know at all. We've only met or seen. As their new besties, we're going to speculate how they would answer these questions. So we'll start with the first one of the first celebrities that we mentioned was Sandra Bullock. So this question is going to be for Grace because she's the one who encountered Sandra so good. Bullock. What do you think embarrasses her the most or has been her most embarrassing moment? I could kind of guess on this because she did.
0: This is kind of actually easy. It's the whole Jesse James divorce. Yes. Divorce. That was so embarrassing for her, I think, because it showed this kind of like weakness that is totally off brand for Sandra Bullock, even though she's like clumsy and goofy. She's always been like tough and self-sufficient. Think of speed, think of miscongeniality. So I think that's easy. Her most embarrassing moment was the Jesse James voice tobacco.
1: Yeah, she she's always the grounded character. And then when that happened, you're like, oh. It kind
0: of knocked her off her feet.
1: Yeah. So the next celebrity that we brought up was Brangelina. Were they together when you saw them?
0: Yeah. Okay, so it has to be Brangelina. It has to be Brangelina. It has to be them as a couple.
1: Yes. So who do you think, when Brangelina was Brangelina, that they looked up to the most as a couple? And what do you think that they, as a couple, who inspired them? What do you think they collectively found inspiring about them?
0: This is an answer that I think is kind of A part of me wants to say this is like a public facing answer. But I actually do think this is the answer they would truly believe because they're these kind of people when they're together and they would say their children. Oh, my God, they would say. Yeah, they would say, like, that's good. That's who we look up to as our children. They're so much braver than we were because I think a part of it is like that is a very good public answer. But I do think that when Brangelina were together, they were this. They wanted to project this picture of wholesomeness. Yeah, they were always with their kids. So I think they would easily say that who they look up to the most are their kids. And she she especially like
1: she's still I feel like anytime you hear her getting spotted, she's always
0: with at least one of her kids. Yeah. So I think that's a very good answer. Your next celebrity, Roseanne Barr. What would be their perfect day? Plan it out from waking up to bedtime. We don't need to go all day. Well, <laughs> I Rose think it's easy for
1: Roseanne Barr. Her perfect day is. Waking up on her farm in Hawaii, probably waking and baking, getting on Twitter, saying some weird stuff, then taking a nap, and then waking up for dinner, getting high some more, and probably on a 4chan board, and then calling it a night. That's her perfect day.
0: Sounds good to me. For Tom Arnold, what do you think is Tom Arnold's biggest fear? Oh, this is good. Maybe his fear is that someday a young person won't know who he is.
1: So Tom Arnold, another friend of ours, has had like a sighting of him at the Soho House Mm. here in L.A. And I think it was like he was playing cards and drinking sours or something. I feel like that's what I remember. Sure. So he's like a gambling guy. He's also been very progress, mostly progressively vocal. So I think his biggest fear would be something silly like his tax returns. Like someone knowing where he actually spends his money, I think he would be embarrassed and and would feel humiliated. He's got to have a deep, dark secret in there, especially if you're married to like Rosie and Barr for so long. Yeah. You've got some weird stuff in your closet for sure. How do you think that Renee Alway... Likes to be comforted when she's upset or sad.
0: I think Renee Alway, she's like a retail therapy kind of gal. Like, I feel like she's <sighs> upset, she goes out and buys some clothes, or she's upset and she just she go and she robs my house. your dad's sword. Yeah, she's st- yeah, she robs my house, but yeah, I think she's like a retail therapy person. She's like kind of a materialistic person. Well, I think also that obviously money is important to live, and I think she knows that. And I think that kind of is what helps her at the end of the day is like reminding herself that she is self-sufficient. Oh, okay. So now for Jesse Ventura, what do you think is Jesse Ventura's all time favorite memory?
1: Winning the Minnesota
0: governor. Easy. easy,
1: easy peasy. Mindy Kaling. What do you think her favorite thing is that she owns and why?
0: Mindy Kaling seems the type to me that like a small trinket will bring her joy and that decorating her house brings her joy as like that kind of like she expresses herself through decoration and clothing and kind of appearance. So my yes. assumption is that her favorite thing she owns is some kind of trinket that to someone else is like, okay, I don't really get it. But she's like, this is like the best Fabergé egg in the world or something. It's like, it's not a Fabergé egg, but it's like like a mini Jeff Koons sculpture or it's some like kind of, small trinket that she just truly treasures
1: from BJ Novak. Yeah. Who do you think was the last person to make Sean White cry and why?
0: Huh? You may or may not know this, but Sean White is currently dating one of my all time favorite celebrities, Nina Dobrev.
1: Yes, we've talked about it.
0: And I don't think Nina Dobrev makes Sean White cry because I think she's very nice and a sweet angel. I don't think Nina Dobrev has made Sean White cry in a negative way.
1: Oh, like she made him cry because she did something so nice for him. Yeah, the easy
0: answer is either Nina Dobrev or his mom that they got him like a really thoughtful gift and he cried. Sean White also reads to me and maybe I'm I don't know where I'm getting this. Sean White reads to me as very open with his emotions. Yeah. Maybe he cried seeing a movie. He seems like that kind of guy to me. He has like that
1: extreme sport persona where it's like, everything's cool, man.
0: We're just like doing it, man. It just seems like he's the kind of guy that like a snowflake could make him cry if he's in the right headspace. Yeah. If money was no object, what do you think Matt Damon would buy? Probably, I was
1: gonna say like a country or something because I, like, I feel like he's the sort of guy that, would like to own like one of those celebrities with like their own villa where it's like this is a private place for me and my family and he really comes across as like a family guy he's been married to the same woman like forever that's true and i recently heard that they did kind of go through like a downer time sure where it was like oh things are a little rough But then they moved to somewhere for filming like Australia and him and his wife, he made an effort to like spend more time with his wife. And people were like, they're coming back. They're having a second life. Like (laughs) good for them. So I feel like he would just keep putting money towards experiences like that. Yeah. Keep the family strong. That's sweet. When do
0: you think Usher felt the most proud This is a super easy question for me, to be completely honest. Usher felt the most proud when he had that cameo in Hustlers (laughs) because it was like the perfect opportunity for him to reflect on exactly how famous he was from a standpoint of I'm still famous. I'm just famous in a much more low key way. I think he was very proud of his life when he shot that cameo.
1: That's a good answer because I'm like, he's done so much. I mean, he found Bieber. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff, but I think him doing that cameo in Hustler is now from a place where he doesn't have to, where he's not that kind of famous anymore, but he has somehow remained A-list and probably will be A-list until the day he dies. That's oh, when yeah. he felt proud, I think. That's Love good. you, Usher. When do you think Joel McHale felt the most challenged? When he was working with Chevy Chase on Community. Oh my God. He was talking shit about Chevy Chase every single day.
1: I thought, though, you were going to bring up the chicken soup. Yeah, when they, they didn't
0: sell chicken tortilla soup by the gallon. That's when <laughs> that was very challenging. That was challenging. I think I think working with Chevy Chase was challenging and not getting a gallon of chicken tortilla soup was challenging. Who's to say which was worse? Just Joel.
1: Do you think that Lana Del Rey has any regrets? And if so, what are they
0: probably dating that cop? She got so viciously bullied for dating a cop. She's like, I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't worth it. That's funny. She's unless done... she's still with him. Is she still with him? No.
1: No, now she's with a guy who's like in a kid band. Oh, yeah.
0: It's weird because Lana Del Rey strikes me as the type of person who does not have any regrets, who just does not have the capacity to regret. Yeah, she's a white woman. Well, and she's been like famous for a long time. She was a nepotism hire. She's never known the, a real struggle. She
1: is the quintessential. When people talk about white women privilege, it's like, come on. That they're talking about Lana Del Rey.
0: So I think the only way she would regret something is if she was bullied online for it. But yeah. even then, I don't think Lana Del Rey is reading her tweet replies.
1: No, no, definitely not. I don't keeps-
0: think Lana Del Rey has the capacity to regret. What do you think was the moment in Cami Mendez's life when she laughed the hardest? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, there's a number of answers I, I could hop to there.
1: I feel like there's got to be a lot of uh, receiving... Riverdale scripts and you're reading it and you're just like, what do they want me to do?
0: (laughs) I know. I think about this all the time that when they got those Riverdale jobs, they were like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And now in season five, they're like, this show is so fucking stupid.
1: It's also gotta be, I feel like, yes, they know the show's super stupid, but with the amount that they get paid, who cares? it's like being a professional clown. It's like, yeah, I know my job's kind of dumb, but Everybody seems to enjoy it and I'm not having a bad time. So
0: it could be worse.
1: Exactly. Every time she has to cash a paycheck, that bitch is laughing. Yeah.
0: Every time the direct deposit hits.
1: What do you think Nick Vial dreamed about last night?
0: What a question. I think Nick Vial is always dreaming about being more famous than he is. I think Nick Vial wanted to be Brad Pitt and he wasn't hot enough. And then after being on The Bachelor, he had all these resources to get hot. And now he's hot, but you can't transition from being The Bachelor to being a movie star. So now he's stuck. Oh, yeah, that's rough. That's my read on Nick Vile. I think he wants to be more famous than he is, but there's a hurdle he can't quite clear. And that's that he's a white man and no one is going to hire him to be their bachelor commentator, hence his podcast. And no one's going to hire him to act because he's been on shows for little like cameo lines before and he's very bad at it
1: can you name off the top of your head someone who started out in reality tv and was able to do real acting
0: did elizabeth hasselbeck ever act did she just really do the view i think she just had a loud mouth because she started on survivor oh Nene leaks is one example she's done acting but she's not really an actor actor Yaya DaCosta, who was a contestant on America's Next Top Model, and she's now on Chicago Med. So not something I watch, but that's pretty much successful. Jamie Chung started off on The Real World and now is a mildly successful actress. I wouldn't say she's super successful. Yeah. Also, a former America's Next Top Model contestant who came out as non-binary, Leo Tipton, has done the transition from America's Next Top Model to acting, You may recognize them from Crazy Stupid Love. They played like the babysitter who had a crush on Steve Carell. Oh, okay. And they've done a number of movies also, but that's like what most people know them from. So they kind of did a good job. Okay. Anyway, last celebrity. Out of all of Jamie Kennedy's family members, who do you think he is closest to? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Are they related? No. Oh.
1: I think with Jamie Kennedy, between doing comedy, Rising, he kind of had like this little peak of fame. I think he sort of abandoned his family, said, I don't need you. I'm a funny clown boy now. And he was engaged to Jennifer Love Hewitt for a very long time. In fact, people were constantly like, why is she with this guy? Uh, Because he's a goofy clown boy and she should be with someone hot. And their relationship ended terribly. And I think he probably still drunk styles or about once a year. <laughs> so like one of those, I guess we're family because we were engaged once, but I really That's don't funny. want you in my life anymore. So dark, <laughs> so dark.
0: That's this week's episode of the Gossier.
1: Hopefully you made it to the yard line, the end zone.
0: Yeah, we're now in the end zone of this week's episode. So Bridget, where can everybody find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget underscore Suck It. How about you, Grace?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Grace Piper. And also you can listen to me on my separate Vampire Diaries podcast called Doppelgangers. We just finished season one. So very exciting time to catch up. And you can find this podcast at The TheGossier on Twitter and Instagram at our link in our bios. You can find a submission form if you have something you want us to talk about. Go ahead and let us know.
1: And rate and review us on Apple
0: Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.